Oh my god, how did I start this podcast? Um, oh, oh, of course, of course, charmed, charmed, and welcome back to Let Me Ruin Your Life with Serena Shahidi. It's me, Serena Shahidi, talking right now. Do you remember me? I've definitely taken a larger break from the podcast before, um, but I'm back from this one, and this is the current moment, so I'm going to be dramatic about it and act like I never have done anything like this before, and uh, this is my first time ever, you know, inconsistently uploading and then coming back. I've never done such a thing in my life. I am a famously responsible citizen, but I'm back. I mean, who would have thought? Who would have thunk? Who would have thought? Who would have done anything of the sort? Also, I said, (laughs) I posted on my Instagram story um, a picture of me literally dusting off my podcast microphone because I'm a little drama queen and uh, saying I'm reviving the podcast. I'm reviving Let Me Ruin Your Life. And someone replied and was like, I love using the using the word revival to describe like going back to my responsibilities after ignoring them. <laughs> um, so thank you for appreciating that. I mean, I I think it's a great way to put it. If you're listening, I mean quit your job, like abandon your life, stop talking to everyone and then come back and it's your comeback. You know, you don't need to be in Hollywood to have a comeback. You can be some bitch on Twitter or TikTok who has a podcast she doesn't put work into for months and still have a comeback. It's possible. And that's America. Uh, Welcome back to you and to me. Welcome back mostly to me. Um, I took a little break that I did not plan, but I needed at first. Okay. At first I thought I was taking the break, like specifically to have a breakdown. I was like, this is my moment. I need to, I need to really hit rock bottom. Cause sometimes you can just feel it coming on and it's like, all right, you know, let's get there. Why not? Might as well plan it out. I was, you know, I was spiraling a bit. I'm sure if you look past on, you know, the recent episodes and just the time that they were uploaded and how inconsistent they were, you can see maybe she was not being a responsible queen, perhaps. But, you know, I was having a bit of an episode, shall we say? Not a podcast episode, LOL. Um, No, no. Uh, an episode um just kidding I'm not gonna talk about it like that recently you know and by recently I also it's been like the past year so this truly like might just be who I am now but I think I'm getting out of it a little bit I might get more into it another time um but you know I don't think I'm fully out of the woods Taylor Swift yet But I was getting to the point where I, you know, was going through it. Nothing in particular. I always feel the need to clarify that when I'm talking about like, oh, I was going through it. I feel like everyone always thinks something happened. I'm like, I can I can handle real life just fine. I can handle stressful. It's the inside of my head that's really oof problematic. Yeah. So it was it was just getting far too difficult for me it was taking like so long to just do anything creative because there was literally nothing in my brain I wasn't 
doing anything. I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't even thinking. Like, I wasn't, I call it spiraling. Because behavior-wise, I was spiraling. I wasn't even taking the effort to, like, mentally spiral. Like, that was too much for me. That was a line. So I, there was just nothing in my head. I wasn't, you know, eating or sleeping or talking to anyone or going outside. You know how it is. But I took some time off and I'm like, you know what? If this is my breakdown, this is my breakdown. And I'm just going to set aside some time for that and be like, I'm not expecting myself to do this. Uh, But it actually turned out I, I am feeling better. I did take that time to actually somewhat improve, uh, feeling a bit more like a person again. So I'm ready. I'm ready to make my comeback. Uh, even though I feel like I've said that several, several times before, but this time I mean it. And can I say something so real? You, you can tell that I mean it because I went back to a new psychiatrist and now I'm on Adderall extended release instead of instant release. So that's how you know that I'm ready to make a comeback. Otherwise, oh, don't count on it. Don't count on it any day. But your girl's on that that 12-hour shit. I don't have to remember to take it except for once. I need to stop bragging. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think part of... I won't get into this... But part of me feeling more like a person, I did go off of SSRIs uh, for March Madness, naturally. I'm all about celebrating. You know, I'm a North Carolina girl, famously. Uh, So I, you know, went off of that. I went to my new psychiatrist. She was like, "How's we could try Zoloft. I'm like, I would rather you put a gun to my head right now than put me on Zoloft. So, you know... No antidepressants at the moment. I'm truly feeling like that's a good thing. But once again, I'm not going to get into it because I know some people really ride for big pharma in this case. Prozac in the water supply, whatever. You know, I'm open to that. Personally, I don't think I had the best experience. And I was on SSRIs for a very, very long, long time. Probably like half my life. Oh my God, that's cuckoo. But off of them for now I feel like if I go back on antidepressants I'm gonna go on that real like you know I'm a, I'm a vintage queen I'm gonna go on that real vintage shit the the ones from the 60s what are they called they're like M-A-O-I something inhibitor inhibitor you like can't eat certain types of cheeses on it which is so weird uh but I'm willing to have that conversation with any waiter frankly that's just kind of the girl I am. Um, Anyway, March Madness, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling, I'm feeling crazy in a good way. You know what I mean? You know, when you're like, I feel like my emotions are spiraling, but they feel like normal human emotions. Like they feel like 2011 Taylor Swift song emotions. Like I'm sad. That's fabulous. I'd so much rather be sad than (laughs) whatever I was feeling (laughs) I could not tell you oy vey anyway we won't keep talking about psychiatry although I could all day it's my party topic um what else is new in my life uh oh I'm going to (laughs) okay I'm gonna say something I'm gonna say something so vulnerable 
and you're gonna have to stay with me. Can you do that for me? This is I like I feel like we're in a relationship, and I'm um, I don't know about to admit something, and I'm like I can explain. Okay, I'm <laughs> next week. I will be attending Bitcoin Miami. Let me explain. Let me explain. First of all, first of all, if you have a problem with that, uh, my my first uh, defense, actually my only defense, it's funny, right? Like, it's funny. That's all I have to say. But I will <laughs> elaborate on why I'm going to a Bitcoin conference. <laughs> um, oh, my God. So hilarious. The places I, I truly feel like I have such a talent for ending up in places that I just do do not belong. So backstory, as many of you know, my like day job is in financial media. Shout out bullish. Basically, I work for a company that tries to make like actual interesting, um, like funny, irreverent content about like finance stuff. And obviously, I mean, you could take a wild guess and assume that what I do there is, you know, less on the finance side and more on the media side. And you would be correct. It's fun. I feel like I've like made, I sort of made like a reputation for myself as being like in, I don't know, like adjacent to industries or just things that have the association of being like buttoned up or whatever and being the sort of person to terrorize them uh, from the inside. And that is sort of what I do there. I, you know, I do some like talent management and I like make videos about scammers, which is fabulous. They're great sports there um, and just kind of let me be a menace. And that's basically what I do there. So my boss asked me, he was like, we're going to, you know, Bitcoin Miami to talk with like, you know, financial startups, whatnot. Do you want to come? We'll pay for your hotel. We'll pay for your flight. Like you might tag along to a couple meetings, but we mostly want to see you like make content and fuck with people and just, I don't know, be in that in that environment that, you know, I'm going to take I'm going to take a guess that it's maybe not my people maybe not going to run into all the girlies down at the Bitcoin Miami conference. Um, so I was like, hell yeah. First of all, I'll go anywhere if it's paid for. True, He could have been, uh, oh my God, I'm trying to think of somewhere terrible without getting political. Um, uh, he could have been like, I'll, I'll pay for your ticket on the Staten Island ferry and we'll get you pasta. And I'd be like, I'm on my way, of course. But also, I'm so excited because I know how ridiculous this is going to be. Just the idea of me at a uh, Bitcoin conference. I was talking to my current lover about it. And he was like, well, do you want to know more about like Bitcoin and like stuff like that before you actually go there and start talking to people? And I was like, no, absolutely not. I Ideally... I would erase my brain of the few things I do know and just really go out there entirely unprepared. I mean, I think that's what I'm going to do, but I would rather have absolutely no clue where I am um, and just embrace that authentically. God knows how that'll be. I watched some videos of the conference like from last year in preparation. The crowded draws 
is um, the nicest thing I can say is unsurprising. Like I watched a video of someone who was doing like, I don't know, some journalist who was doing coverage of it. They were the only person who was dressed up and not even dressed up. They were the only person who was like wearing an outfit, like wearing clothing. And you just you look out onto the crowd in the background and it just becomes one cumulative flip flop. So that's also uh, an element I'm very excited about is to be just the most insanely dressed person in that whatever enormous crowd. I'm sure I don't want to know how many people <laughs> are going. Tess wants to make me because she has this like knitting machine where you can, you know, essentially make like knit fabric. And she wants to make me a set like with the Bitcoin logo, but just something ridiculous with like feather trim and stuff. We're really gonna milk this for all it's worth. I mean, I can't, I cannot just go to a Bitcoin conference in Miami and not make it as ridiculous as it is. Like that is my responsibility as a citizen and as, um, you know, a, a visitor of Miami. It's going to be my first time. I'm, I'm excited for the weather because New York is trash, garbage, disgusting, 30 degrees right now. I'm not particularly excited about the actual, you know, city and the culture. I, I feel like I judge cities just based on nightlife and Miami's exactly the opposite of what I value in nightlife. Like, I love to get dressed, love to, um, I don't know, wear not sandals and neon colors to the club. I feel like every time I see a video of people in Miami, I look at their clothing and I'm like, oh, that's Miami. You know what I mean? I'm old school. What can I say? I'm an old soul. Anyway, that's the only real update I can think of. I'm sure plenty has happened that I either don't remember or shouldn't get into. I don't know what that means. Like someone's going to sue me. Maybe. Probably. Sounds like something that would happen. Anyway, I asked on Instagram what you guys wanted to hear about. Thank you. First of all, thank you for all of your responses. Uh, I promise I saved like all the all the story replies, the DMs, and the emails. I said, I get a handful of emails because I told you guys I set up let me ruin your life pod at gmail.com for anyone who preferred to send in like a question or something like that that way because I know it's easier if you have something lengthier to not send it in via DM. So I got a bunch of great questions, topic ideas, and the like that I did say obviously I can't get to a good amount of them right now because I like to go on and on. But I did save them for future reference. So if you're like, I sent you something I need advice about urgently, um, you know, maybe I'll get to that in several months. So that should be reassuring to you. You're welcome. I also love when I posted this story uh, asking for, you know, what are the hot tops you want me to talk about? A good half of the responses were about, I feel, I feel the need to whisper all of a sudden, the infamous Oscars Slapperoo, slapadoodle, and of course, half of those were begging me not to talk about it, and the other half were begging me to talk about it, which is, I mean, isn't this so indicative of the internet, where something fun happens for once in our goddamn lives? When has something exciting happened at the Oscars? We should be grateful. 
and the internet just ruins it. Just every, ugh. Why can't, why can't something fun happen? But I suppose my response or my reaction is somewhere in the middle of, uh, you know, please, please talk about it and please never discuss that in your life. What I want to say is that I have nothing to say. Um, A grown man slapped another man. That is how men solve problems amongst themselves. Like, do we not have... What made us forget that? Have we not met a man? Yes, it's weird. I don't get it. But whatever, like, that's between them. I'm sure had it not been for the fact that it's Will Smith and Chris Rock and the fact that it was at the Oscars, they would have forgotten about it a half hour later and been besties. Like, that's, I don't get men, but that's how they are. I don't need to issue a statement about it. I don't know. Male, like, fighting instincts are a bit foreign to me, um, for sure. Have you, oh my God, have you guys ever had two guys fight over you? Because I was thinking about this. It was always, like, a fantasy of my, because I'm, like, you know, narcissistic or whatever. I was, like, I would love, I would love, I would kill to see such a thing. Just two men dishing it out. Is that what it's called? No. That's, like, The View. Just two men on The View arguing with Meghan McCain over me. That sounds hot. Actually, for real. No, but it did happen once when I was, like, 18, and in a bar, scandalous. Okay. <laughs> Every jaw drops. Serena, you wouldn't. I was, bravely. Uh, I was in a bar with a date and his friends, like one of whom was a very flirtatious European. I mean, so like a European. Like, hello. You can't get mad. Your friends are the European. You can't get mad when they flirt with your date. See, I, I feel like I understand humanity in a way that other people are simply missing. I understand that men fight each other for no reason. I understand the Europeans flirt for no reason. Like, what's not clicking? That's how the world works. Anyway, they started getting into it, and I literally was like, oh, I'm going home. I'm not into fights. I can't say... But that was a little, like, the Oscars thing was a little slap. Like, who cares? That was a fun little, like, work. Slay. Anyway. Lots of people, okay, lots of people wanted to know just my thoughts on pop culture, pop culture, if you will. And specifically, a response I got a lot was Julia Fox. (laughs) My thoughts on Julia Fox. And boy, do I have them. I have been writing hard for her on Twitter. Anytime someone brings up Julia Fox, literally, do you hear those sirens? That's me on Twitter. When someone mentions Julia Fox's name, I think people have done her such a disservice. I think she's such a genius. I mean, okay. so my first exposure to Julia Fox, uh, as as many others, was in Uncut Gems. And the second I saw her, I was like, oh, yeah, like exactly. I didn't even know that she wasn't an actress at the time. I was just like, okay, that's a star, of course. I was also, oh my God, I was watching it. I feel like I've told this story before. I was watching it with the guy I was seeing at the time, the one who had the like American Psycho closet. And um, we like <laughs> got into an argument. Not even an argument, but it was just the scene where Julia Fox gets Adam Sandler's character 
like his name tattooed on her ass, he looked at me and I was like, don't you ever look at me during a scene like that ever again in your life. So that was fun. (laughs) Yeah, but at the time, I had no idea of the lore of Julia Fox until after I watched the movie and I like saw all of her art stuff and the, you know, photography books she published and the exhibit she did where she just made like weird art out of her blood. And I was like, okay, exactly. Like this is what my primary belief when it comes to pop culture is just like, let celebrities be celebrities. They're not supposed to do good stuff. Let them do weird shit. Like, I love that. I'm tired of people trying to brand celebrities as these, like, upstanding, normal people. They're not normal at all. And that's what's so fabulous about them. They're all severely mentally ill, incredibly bizarre people. And I love it. So obviously, you know, she laid low for a bit, I think, and then came back swinging in the headlines with Kanye and got so much shit for it. I, I do not understand what the problem was. I honestly, legitimately, I believe that it's people with like weird attachment issues being like, oh, you know, he's just like, he's just using her and she has like so much hope for their future. Girl, she got him to give her and her friend group Birkin. Like, it was obviously just a fling with a rich guy. They both wanted something out of it. Who among us has not done the same? An innocent little fling, you know, get some attention, some photo ops, some bags, whatever. Like, not everyone goes into every single romantic dynamic being like, oh, this person's going to be the one to save me. Like, oh, I'm so in love. I hope he's as serious about me as I am about a hit. Like, have you never just been like, let me date this dude for a little bit. (laughs) Let me just, let's just see what happens. You know, at the very least, it'll be funny. That's how most, if not all, of my relationships have been. Just like, hey, why not? This will be fun. And I'm tired of paying for my own food. And that sounds bad. But, you know, a good amount of the time, you can tell from both sides where it's like, okay, well, this guy clearly is into me because he wants, like, you know, fun, fun little brunette to have a fling with. And I want the same thing. Like, not everyone is some Midwesterner dating for marriage. Not everyone is just dating someone to get them to propose to them at Disneyland or whatever these people think dating is all about. They're celebrities. They're allowed to do things because it gets them attention or whatever. I think the reaction was so odd. If I was expected to be embarrassed about every, like, two-month-long relationship I had that crashed and burned from both sides. I mean, I would never leave my apartment. But girl, that's life. Like, what's a girl to do? Sometimes an insane guy with a lot of money asks you out and you're like, girl, I gotta do it for the story. I gotta do it for the experience. I've never been on a boat before. I'm gonna bring a weapon, but I wanna be on a boat. Why not? You know, I think mainstream pop culture 
is not ready for Julia Fox. Because I know, of course, the girlies I'm around love her, but she's one of those, like, you know, gets posted in Daily Mail just so the comments can shit all over her type of celebrities, which are the best ones, can we just clarify? Love a housewife. Don't watch the shows, but love a housewife. Love the idea of a housewife, etc., etc. I just... I think people are still so obsessed with deluding themselves into thinking that celebrities are like these normal, healthy, relatable people that they can't take it when a celebrity acts like a celebrity. Yeah, she's painting with her own blood. She's publishing books where she's... She's publishing photography books where she's like shooting up heroin in between the pages because she's a celeb. That's culture, baby of the pop variety. That's that. Also, I'm so ready for her book to come out. I have no idea what it's going to be like. I'm buying nonetheless. I don't know if you guys saw the video of her on the Oscars red carpet getting asked about her book and how it's going. And she was basically like, well, it's not a memoir. It's just like it started out as a memoir. And now it's just like my first book. Like it's my first book. And I love that she said that because she has already published two books. Like She has two photography books out and she's just erasing the concept of genre altogether for this book to be like, it is my first book, capital M, capital F, capital B. It's my first book and that's the genre when it is not her first book. But I totally, I get what she's going for. I get it. 100%. And I believe her 100% when she says it's a masterpiece so far. Why would it not be? What what could Julia Fox possibly write about that you'd be like, "Uh, boring. She was a dominatrix, she was a drug addict, she was in, you know, one of the biggest movies of what was it? Like 2020 without being a real big actress. She dated Kanye like like, why would we not want to hear that? When did we start hating it? When celebrities, when entertainers entertained. I talk about this all the time on Twitter because it annoys me how every every instance of an entertainer being an entertainer causes so much controversy. And the only thing that doesn't cause controversy is when they try to, like, clearly PR team, whatever, media training bullshit manufacture some sort of like real person like I'm I'm coming to terms with this and I've been suffering from this and here's my statement on this girl who cares like release a photography book with you shooting up heroin you owe it to pop culture and you owe it to America and that's the simple fact I said this earlier on Twitter because I was thinking about do you guys remember that I feel like it was like a New York Post article uh about Nicholas Braun and how he was like, uh, I don't know, just how he had become like an unexpected sex symbol and how like everyone in New York wants him. And he's like getting with all these girls and he has this neighbor who's in love with him and all that. And it just blew my mind that he did not milk that for all it's worth. It's like if you if you're an actor, don't you want to cultivate like a a Marlon Brando type of reputation where you're like just this sex god with like people crawling all over you. How iconic is that? Like, let's be real. The media is not going to get, you're not going to get gotten, not get, not get gotten in that way. 
Um, people aren't going to get you <laughs> because of what's said in the media, no matter what. Like, girl, it's, it's the New York Post or whatever it was. I don't think they're going to sum you up perfectly. Why not make the most of it and, like, cultivate something actually fun and iconic and culturally significant? I feel like everyone... No one has had the balls, like no male celebrity has had the balls to have that sort of mystique about them in so long. I think it's because, I don't know, maybe like the 90s and the 2000s, like with the rise of like boy bands and heartthrobs and all that, I feel like every attractive young single male celebrity is supposed to be like always, always single, always just talking about how much he wants a girlfriend and how, like, he would date anyone. Like, it's so very J-14. Like, who's your celebrity crush? And, like, what do you look for in girls? I always felt so bad for, like, guys pretending to be serious actors and musicians, but because they were cute, that's every interview question is just... And would you date a fan? Like, oh, my God, that's so rude. And No, they wouldn't. Like, why would they? That's bizarre. It's very bizarre to even ask in the first place I think there's so much pressure now to be like you have to be available like every girl has to think if you're a guy in Hollywood every girl in her little bedroom has to think that she has a shot with you and that you're like boyfriend material and whatever like selling that fantasy which I guess works for some people but it's like girl like where's our Jack Nicholson of this generation I mean let's be real like who who among us is delusional enough to be sitting around being like, I wonder if I have a chance with like, not he's that he's my type, but like Timothy Chalamet. Like, I wonder if he would be like a good boyfriend. Girl, who cares? He's a movie star. Be a movie star. If I was Nicholas Brown's publicist when that article came out, girl, I would have whored him out, put him on a yacht in a like silk robe, one nipple out in the breeze with a cigar in his mouth just surrounded by women photo op that's what I would have done make the most of it why does nobody have a a playboy reputation anymore this is a tangent from Julia Fox but you know (laughs) I think we should get back to celebrities being celebrities as she is so good at speaking of iconic downtown New York celebrities several people have asked me uh to talk about friend of the pod, friend of me, Caroline Calloway's departure from New York City. Uh, for those not in the know, she moved, I think she's saying what she, whatever, she moved to Florida uh, recently to finish writing her book and live with her grandmother. Sort of the end of an era in a certain way. I've been meaning to post about it on Instagram because I took a ton of pictures like at her apartment and all that. Uh, but I think I waited too long because <laughs> it's been a minute I was like waiting for to get like the actual pictures because there was a photographer there but all I got were like screenshots of the google drive from Caroline and eventually I was like oh of course that's all I'm gonna get like whatever and I also I won't get too far into this because it's like saying bloody mary but I try not to talk about Caroline in detail even though I love her dearly um and I won't talk about any of this in detail I'm not giving any sort of juicy scoop don't try to get any sort of scoop out of me what am I in ice cream container Ugh, fuck um but I try not to talk about her too much because the people who dislike her are like a 
a terrifying cult. I think much like a lot of the internet, I think, you know, they operate under the guise of like, it's, it's just commentary. We're just interested in this person and ignore the fact that like, it is a, a person who's like, you know, a lot of the things you're criticizing are just her going through serious stuff. Uh, and it's just every, everyone who gets associated with her, it gets dissected in the worst way by these people. Like I, I don't want to get into it because I don't, I, I feel like I'm pretty good with a lot of like internet stuff, but like when something gets under my skin, it gets under my skin. I don't mind. Like you can call me ugly. You can call me annoying. You can call me unfunny, whatever, whatever. But I prefer not to be psychoanalyzed in the worst light imaginable uh, by people I don't know. Um, And, you know, when I've experienced that in this context, like it was a nightmare. Um, Anyway, so Caroline, as her final goodbye to the city, was throwing a bunch of dinner parties like every night for god like two weeks i definitely attended like five of them probably like three in a row um and if you would like all the juicy details of one of those nights and her leaving new york in general brock collier the last last episode of this podcast was an interview with them wrote a piece about it for the cut for their uh nightlife column are you coming so you can go ahead and read that. I was there that night. I think it quoted me as saying that I was going to catch on fire, which was true. Like every every single night there looked like just the craziest seance of all time. Everyone was there's like no seating in her. She lives in a studio like everything was on the floor, um, just a dirty floor covered in candles and flowers and wine bottles and wine glasses a charcuterie board here and there, like very chaotic. Don't know how no one caught on fire, but yeah, there was so much fun. She always brings in like very eclectic (laughs) groups of people, which I think is so fun. Nothing worse than a monotonous dinner party. Who wants it? What's even the point of it? We'd eat dinner by ourselves. Ridiculous. But yeah, so fun. I mean, Caroline was always, and she's like done this before, but she kept trying to, at several of those set me up with guys, which is interesting because no one in my life ever thinks to set me up with someone. I think I am the exact opposite of the type of person who you would set up with someone. I feel like you do that for someone who's like, oh, this person is great. Like, they're so kind. They would be so great in a relationship, but they're just kind of down on their luck when it comes to dating. And I'm sort of the opposite of that where it's like oh Serena's the worst but she's doing okay in that department for some reason so you know most people don't think to do anything like that for me but what's fun is that what's fun what's I don't know what's something is that the people who have like Caroline included I feel like hold me in a very high regard and are like okay I'm gonna set you up with just this person who is like unavailable and incompatible with you in a million different ways, but whatever you like, you'll just charm them and everything will be perfect. And I feel like I'm very like, I don't know, ready to move on.org at the first sign of that being the case. Like also one of the guy, one of the many, many guys that Caroline has talked about trying to set me up with. Um, and I 
oh god I want to say who it is so bad I won't say who it is because it's it's weird I feel like then it sounds like something happened between us and literally I've never met him but someone who I know online (laughs) she was like god what did Caroline say she was like, well, I do want to make out with him like one time, but then I think you two would be so good together. Like, I'll completely let him go after that. Like, I just want to kiss him once. And then, you know, you two would be so good together. I could totally have you seeing like, I could totally have you. I could totally see you having like a two year relationship and then breaking up. And I was like, I love how even in your fantasy fairy tale scenario, we're breaking up like you get it. You truly get me. I don't think that will happen. About that, I mean, like, us getting together. I will say, you know, if I do get together with that man, I'm going to say there will be a breakup. So I think she has it right in that capacity. But yeah, I had so much fun sending, sending Caroline off with her little goodbyes to the city night after night. Uh, we certainly some highlights of the dinner parties i mean one night we built knockoff lego flower sets we you know we drank martha stewart wine which i've never had before it's actually good wine and her face is on the cork which is everything like branding goals uh another night i took shroom chocolates with brock from the cot brock collier and harry hill like truly some iconic nights within that goodbye so Love you, Caroline. Wish, wish her the best of luck in Florida. Uh, she claims it's the end of an era, which I don't really believe, but I'm down to visit regardless. Anyway, I want to get more into the advice type questions because uh, I feel like I stopped talking about dating and stuff on here. And boy, do I have some opinions as always. The first thing I want to talk about, because someone requested as a, a hot, a hot top, a hot top ick sorry that got vulgar a hot topic of uh the trend of women going off of dating apps which i think isn't because i've seen this recently i feel like a lot of the people i follow on tiktok have been talking about going off of dating apps and okay i have so many opinions about this this is like okay also trigger warning at some point i will be talking about west elm caleb i know i know that happened months ago I know everyone's thinking you never talk about him on the podcast. And we all thanked God for that. I want to discuss him a little bit, a little bit. I never talked about it because it was one of those things, a lot like the uh, Oscars slapper, slapadoo, slapperoodle. Um, I meant to say slapperoo, slapadoodle. I'm so, oh my God. I'm so sorry. I'm humiliated. I'm utterly humiliated. Ugh, shuddered. Did you guys hear me shudder? But I never talked about it because it was like such a think piece era. You know, when something tiny happens and there are a million like think pieces about it. And it's like, I don't want to be another person giving my opinion. God forbid. But now no one's talking about it anymore. So I can. Because I like to be different. I like to be unique. I'll bring him up at some point. Trigger warning, Wesson Caleb. So my thesis statement, as someone who's noticed this trend... I mean, primarily, this is such a, like, I don't know, therapist thing to say when you, like, don't, they don't give you a clear answer. I think it depends on, like, your goals. But I think that's true. Because if you want, let's say you want, like, a, a hubby, you want a husband, a fabulous, 
little husband have around the house. If you want to find that online, you're probably going to have to put in some work. And I mean, like, capital W, capital O, capital R, capital K. Like, I'm talking $5 background checks. You know what? I'm talking $10 background checks. We're getting, we're getting up there. I'm talking, you know, calling before you meet them, do a little FaceTime. I'm talking two dates a night, a little dinner, a little drinks. I'm talking keeping a spreadsheet if you must. Like, I think it would take a lot. I think it's possible, but I think it would take a lot of work to meet someone of quality. I think, you know, trying to find a good partner online is like trying to find a good anything online for a reason. Like the best things you're going to find in life from, you know, a boyfriend, a a restaurant, a lip balm brand, whatever, you're gonna find, I don't know what, like, you know what I'm talking about. This doesn't make sense. Don't like, don't transcribe this. Um, You're going to find it in person, right? Like there's gatekeeping online for a reason. Some things are just meant to be discovered in the real world. You can't find a good party online. Or you maybe you can, but it's going to take a lot of work and investigation. And at that point, why not just go out into the world and talk to people and see what they're up to? You know what I mean? The best things in life are not easy to find online, except for this podcast. LOL. I mean, what I've always said about dating apps and my problem with them is you... I don't know, when you're on them, you just miss so much information about someone that you get from meeting people in the wild. Like, you get the on-paper stuff, you know, the height, the job, kind of the looks, whatever, whatever. But that doesn't mean that they're normal. That doesn't mean that they're attractive, because girl photos do not... Even if someone's not a catfish, sometimes someone looks like their Instagram or whatever, and it's like, oh, but you're like... You just have an ugly way about you. Like, you have an ugly essence, an ugly aura. Not not saying you're evil, but you don't stand up straight. You have an annoying voice. You can't make eye contact. Like, you just are um, truly an ugly person, which is fine. But, you know, it's not something that can be portrayed on the Internet. There's so many just, like, little, little pieces of information that you get from meeting someone in the wild that you don't get online that maybe don't sound like a big deal, but you know, add up things like, I mean, girl, things like the ugly, ugly aura. Like some people just carry themselves like an ugly person. And of course it's going to make you ugly. That's like a catfish adjacent scenario, right? Even if it's just some rando coming up to you in a bar, it's like, okay, you have the information of like, what where you are right now if it's a nice place if it's a weird place what neighborhood it's in you know what time you're there because that's the time they're out you have the fact that they had the balls to approach you you have the way they carry themselves the way they interact with you in person the things they're wearing when they don't know that you're gonna they're gonna run into you whatever whatever like there's so many pieces of information that are missing online and I feel like so many of my like online experiences have been like okay they're not you know it's not that they're a catfish it's not that they're misrepresenting themselves in any way it's just like "Mm, I wouldn't have gone for this if we had met in person I would not have 
been into you regardless of the boxes you check on paper like good for you but i'm looking at you in an ew you know what i mean and also i'm gonna get real who is she? jane austen is that who i'm thinking of? i'm gonna get real jane austen in this b word i don't want to say that in the same sentence as her name that feels rude um i'm gonna say courtship can't happen online and yes I say that word and yes, I believe in courtship because I don't hate myself don't come for me with you're not a modern woman yes I am a modern woman I'm on TikTok you asshole but I still believe in in being courted so like sue me and this is where I'm gonna bring up West Elm Caleb and if you don't know what I'm talking about first of all god bless you what a life you must be living Oh, I would kill. Um, but it was a whole, what do you even call a, a situation like West Elm Caleb? Because it's not a scandal. Because it's not someone who is already in the public eye. It's not really like, I guess it's a story, a moment in time, whatever. The whole story uh, was girls started posting on TikTok just about this guy. His name was, uh, I was like, his name was Elm. Um, no, his name was Caleb. He worked at West Elm. And he was just, you know, he was just like a, a fuck boy, as the kids say. He was being a menace on all the apps. Hello, like me on a Friday night. No biggie. And most of the controversy and the reason it became such a thing was because just like the sheer amount of women who he was like matching with and like complimenting and then like stop talking to them and of course in internet speak that's called love bombing and ghosting because on the internet that's a big deal for some reason people can't do normal things and I think that that's the problem with dating apps you know not only can people just like be swipes at swiping right saying the same thing to everyone but also on the other side uh which of course is you know, what I think about most as, as a woman is a lot of girls are, like, getting wooed by a conversation on a dating app. Like, that's not, that's not something that's supposed to happen. That's not healthy. You can't get wooed by a Bumble conversation on an app where he fundamentally cannot even start the conversation. Like, how are you impressed? He didn't even, like, you had to come up with the first thing. Hello? And I'm not saying you have to be swept off your feet on a dating app to like agree to go out with someone or something. My point is you should not be (laughs) like, you should just be like, this guy seems cool. You know, maybe I'll get dinner with him, whatever. Like that's a healthy way to think about it. Um, If you find yourself swept off your little footsies by some random guy, like telling you you're pretty on Tinder, you're not going to get, much above it most of the time. You know what I mean? Like, people do what they get away with. And if someone is wildly impressed by you being like, mm, you're cute, girl, they're not going to bring you flowers. Like, wh- where would they spend money on that? Nothing of the sort. Not the flowers are significant. I know people get, like, annoying. Um, but stuff like that is what I'm saying. Nice dating things. And, like, I know I'm saying all of this. Let me say, I know I'm saying all this. Yes, I'm still on the apps. (laughs) Yes, I am. I'm a Raya girl and I'm a Hinge girl currently. Okay, I don't do, I can't start a conversation on Bumble. I'm sorry. I did a brand deal with them and they were 
absolutely lovely and I've used the app, but I don't know what to say. Like, when do I have to start conversations with men in real life? I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, I do know what to say. I'm just (laughs) fundamentally opposed to saying anything. But I think dating apps are something to be seen more as something that gets you to meet random people you probably wouldn't meet otherwise. Like, you got to think about it as what it is, which is like a person randomizer. And that means, you know, the caliber is probably going to be like on a, a lower level than something you would find in person. You're probably going to have less in common with them and all that. But I think it's, you know, it's a way to find people to meet. I think there is value in the fact that it gives you random ass people you would never meet otherwise. But does that value equal like meeting your soulmate? God, I hope not. I sure do hope not. God forbid. Although I would kind of live to like marry a guy from Raya. (laughs) That would be hilarious. Even though Michael Che did not match with me. So not looking great. I also think for dating apps in general, like there's some weird thing that happened with like women who are right now around 30 and like really trying to find someone to settle down with. And they, you know, came to that age in a time when dating apps stopped like having a stigma and were known as like a place you could meet someone serious. But then I think women like that take it so, so seriously. Like my older female friends have the most sick, twisted relationship with dating apps. And I call them that. I call them that. And I tell them that (laughs) all the time because it's so weird. Like there are some, oh my, and I don't want this to come off like I'm hating on like women for being like 30 and dating. Girl, you think I'm going to be, be divorced by that age. I'll be out there. Trust me. I firmly believe, you know, I'll probably settle down a handful of times in my life, but at at my heart, I'm truly a bachelorette. Like I'm not, I, I don't mean this to come across as like, oh my God, you're 30 and on dating apps. But I think at that age, they're being taught that that's like a way to seriously meet people. And I guess it is, but you can't take it as seriously as like meeting people in real life. Like there are a few I don't know what they call themselves, like, quote unquote, dating coaches that I kind of hate watch on TikTok because they are insane, which like loves so my work. But there is a whole genre of TikToks that's like, OK, tonight I'm going out with this guy. I met him on Bumble. He's 5'11". He's an engineer. Like, I think it might go well, but he did raise a red flag for me because he didn't reply to me within four hours once. And it like really upset me. But I'm going to talk. And it's like, what? Why are you sharing all that? Like, it is not that serious. You're meeting a stranger from the internet. This isn't The Bachelor. It's some rando from an app. Like, I don't even do that. I don't even come online and say, like, oh, tonight I'm going out with, like, this guy, and I like this about him, but I don't like this. Can you imagine doing that? And then they find it. Oh, my God. And I'm not even, like, super private about that stuff. Like, I I regularly, like, post articles about my past lovers, my Instagram close friend story. I am a modern woman, but I'm not out here like updating random people five minutes after my Uber drops me off, like in the bathroom being like, he's, he's like shorter in person, but I, I do like the smell of his aftershave. Like that is a stranger. That's kooky to me. And I mean, the people who do it like super seriously, like I follow some people, uh, God, who am I thinking of? I think Talia is who I'm thinking of. She does like a lot of like first date videos that are really funny, but it's like 
I'm talking about the people who specifically take dating apps super seriously and make videos with that mindset and it's cuckoo bananas insane. So that's my opinion on that, I guess. That was sort of all over the place. I don't know if I made a cohesive argument in any sense. Uh, how can I sum this up? Okay, I would say... I don't know. Meeting people in person is like going to Bloomingdale's, right? It's a little more high maintenance. It takes a little bit more zhuzh. But you're probably going to find something of good quality. And I would say, um, you know, online dating is like thrifting. Like there's lots of garbage and maybe you'll find something. I mean, you'll definitely have to wash it right away and you might have to sew a few holes don't think about okay don't think about that too much so sewing holes okay mm, okay we're moving on um anyway somebody dm'd me asking for advice about a guy she's seeing okay this is an interesting question there are a few layers to this let me read this out loud help work. Um, I started seeing this guy and I'm scared to tell him where I go to school. I'm still in college and he's in his mid to late twenties. He went to an Ivy league institution who cares. And almost all the people he surrounds himself went to top 20 colleges who gives a fuck. I'm scared. He'll think lesser of me if he knows I go to a state school, but, um, Oh, I just scrolled. Um, he hasn't asked what school I attend yet. And I think he has avoided talking about that because it makes him more aware of how I'm younger than him and it makes him slightly uncomfortable. But I know it'll come up in conversation eventually. He also told me he wants to see me. He only wants to see me again after I'm done with my first year of college because then he'll feel less uncomfy with the age difference. Lol, what do I do, queen? Also, I'd like to add that he only he probably got into his alma mater because of his family's money and not by merit. I tell myself that to make me feel better. Wait, that's so mean. I feel bad for saying that because he's so sweet. Girl, sometimes that's the truth. Okay, no shame. That's how schools work. Whatever. Um, first of all, I wish I get a sip of water. Um, I feel like you already know this. I mean, this is what I'm about to say is very basic. Like, know your worth, queen advice. But there's no reason to date someone who cares where you go to school. Let's start off with that because it is like it's weirdo behavior. It's very strange, bizarre behavior to care where someone went to school. You know, maybe his family would care and that's a part of it. Uh, I know it's easy to be like, well, it does matter because it like correlates with success and ambition and men care about that. But it doesn't and they don't is the thing. Like women do not have the same pressure to be like, successful academically or whatever, like in that sense, the same way that men do. You know what I mean? It's like men who have more of a social responsibility to look good on paper with the whatever school and the job and the height and all of that. That's just how the world works. Don't come for me. I didn't invent men. I didn't invent women. Um, I only invented talking about the differences between men and women on a podcast so no one's ever done that before so I'm the first one to do it so I did invent that and I should get full credit first of all I want to say before I get into the age thing because I I don't quite know what to say about that but before I get into the age I will say because I feel like maybe you have a thing about like your school or whatever uh and not 
feeling worthy to be in certain places or with certain people. The only people who are uncomfortable with you being in the same place as they are because they feel like you don't deserve it in some way are the ones who feel that way about themselves. Like no one who is confident that like they deserve to have a certain job or a certain boyfriend or be at a certain event is saying like, oh, why is that person here? They don't deserve to be here. I deserve to be here. Like they don't care. You think Al Pacino would give a fuck that Addison Rae was at the Oscars? No. Why would he? Like, state school equals making He's All That on Netflix. But you know what I mean? Like, it's all meaningless stuff. And no one who's confident with themselves cares about any of it. Also, there are a million mean things to say about every single Ivy League school. If anyone ever comes for you for not going to an Ivy Are you kidding me? Like, they are not good (laughs) institutions in any sense. I my go-to whenever someone, like, won't shut up about going to Harvard is like, oh, my God, oh, you had to go to school in Boston? Oh, my God. Oh, what a horrific experience. Like, the the nightlife, oh, it's so, I'm so glad I went to school in the city. Yeah, I got to, like, make so many connections. But, like, you know, I think it's cool that you prioritize other stuff over, like, you know, making connections and being successful. Like, that's... That's really cool uh, that you like to, you know, hang out in um, halls. I don't know. <laughs> like, you can always be a bitch back if someone's going to be a bitch about you not going to an Ivy. There's plenty to be a bitch about with Ivy Leagues. As for the age difference thing, okay. So you said he's in his mid to late 20s in your, in your first year of college. I mean, that's weird. Um, and I never... I try not to make, like, black and white statements on if, like, an age difference is bad because I feel like, first of all, it's rather complex, you know? Like, people can prey on someone who is their same age, like, just by virtue of, like, what their personality or experiences are like. And also, it's like, I don't know, it's such a slippery slope. I feel like when people start talking about that, it's like all of a sudden... It's their business when some 35-year-old is dating a 29-year-old and it's like, okay, you there's clearly something deeply, deeply wrong with you. But I do think it's weird. And I think it's especially weird that he wants to wait to see you again. Because he's not waiting until you're, like, out of college. That I could understand. If he was like, you know what, I'm out in the real world, I'm doing the, th- the, the thing, doing the darn thing... You know, let me wait until you are done and I've had, like, the college experience and can sort of, like, join me in the adult world. Because, like, what it, what's the difference between being in your first year of college and being in your second year when he's, like, a, an adult with, like, a, a real job? I, I feel like that's just he wants time to sort of reckon with the age difference himself and, like, find time to make up excuses for it and something like that. Like, I don't, I don't like the idea that, um, I mean, for all I know, you might be, like, in your early 20s. You may have taken some time before college, but probably not, and I think it's odd. And, you know, I mean, once again, like, I don't know your age. I don't, I'm not going to, like, call him a predator. I think, I mean, I think, like, some guys, like, younger girls or, like, girls in college, because they, like, can't compete with their women their own age or because they just have, like, a weird thing. They're just creeps, whatever. But also, 
there's the element of like it is just a lighter dynamic they have less like responsibility you're not gonna like pressure them to have kids or whatever uh which of course intersects with the previous idea of just not wanting to treat a woman well and like not being able to you know maintain a relationship with a full adult so i can't tell you where the line is there but i will say all i'm saying i think it's weird i think it's weird official statement i think it's weird I would say if you are, you know, 18, 19, move on with a good, like, 23-year-old, right? That's fine. Do a little into a college graduate, but maybe not someone who's, like, balding, right? Maybe string this guy along a little bit. Like, it's it's important to have some real, like, waspy Ivy League guys in your contact list in case you want to threaten to sue someone, uh, which is sort of a life hack that I follow. But I don't, I'm not obsessed with this guy, I don't have a fabulous feeling about it. Anyway, next question. Someone asked me for advice on their bitch friend. Okay, here's what it is. My best friend is a bitch and completely betrayed me and is telling so many rumors about me that aren't fucking true, but I don't want to give her the airtime to just go around and say that it isn't true. Do I just accept it and be a mystery or do something? Love you, BTW. Thank you. Okay. I mean, first of all, I'm so sorry. This is There's no one more evil than, like, backstabbing female friends. Like, at least men men are kind of, like, born to be evil. They sort of have it within them. There's something so, oh, just awful about a girl who's, like, I mean, at the least, like, not a girl's girl. But at worst, is doing stuff like this. And also, uh, I know having, having untrue things spread about you is so annoying because you want to just scream from the hills that it's not true of course like why would you want people spreading things that you can easily disprove but it just it just doesn't work it just doesn't work because then when you engage it gives them like more legitimacy if you just ignore it if you just kind of like let them babble on and on people get so sick of that and it takes it takes self-control which is so annoying and gross but it works because even if someone's on her side to begin with and they're like oh my god no like she sounds terrible you're so right she's just gonna keep going and going and keep escalating with all the like rumors she's gonna spread they're gonna be like okay like i get it who cares like what she killed your grandma like i'm over it we already had the funeral like move on.org so i would say like keep it mysterious keep it chic you know, some, let's say someone comes up to you at a party. Someone comes up to you in a party and they're like, oh, I heard some things about you. I heard you killed that girl's grandma. And, oh, just very, oh, did you? I killed her. Oh, my God, I killed her grandma. <laughs> hmm. Wow, that's that's news to me. Good to know. I'll uh, have to contact my defense attorney. That's, hmm. Thanks for the heads up. I act like a celeb. Richie, who just got asked about, like, a rumor made up by, whatever, Daily Mail or some bullshit, you know, they're not going to give that the time of day because it's a ridiculous source. It's going to be very much like, oh, where did you hear that? Oh, oh, yeah. They like to say things, don't they? I feel like there's a certain social capital to having terrible rumors spread about you, right? Like, people are now saying things to try to get you on a lower level because they can't handle you. That's what happens when you're that girl. So, like, 
be that girl. That's how we always start to think about things. It's like, who do I admire that goes through similar stuff? How do they react to it? And I don't know. I think you'll be surprised how few people really care about that sort of stuff in relation to their actual like real life interactions with you as a person. I feel like I've learned recently how little rumors or reputation have to do with someone's actual character, which sounds so obvious, but it was never something I thought about before because I didn't know many people who I was like familiar with in theory. I had heard the stories or whatever before I met them. But then of course I started like making friends on the internet or just hearing about people online and then seeing them about uh, like, I don't know, influencer parties in real life you know the kind of party that's like sponsored by a brand can we talk about those for a second do you see a lot of those on like instagram or whatever they look fun there because that's their entire purpose and i'm not saying that these like influencer events are horrible but i think they are you know remarkable in a certain bad way because they're just a little bit off they're just a little it's like looking at those AI-generated pictures where, like, nothing is exactly an object, but you're like, this looks kind of like something. It's just a little not that. It's like a party that was planned by AI. Like, it's, it's people planning it who do not realize, that, like, music and drinks don't necessarily equal a party, even if you add backdrops for Instagram. Like, if there's no one dancing, there's no one dancing. What's a girl to say? That being said, I will and have gone to as many of them as possible because most of them have open bars. You better believe I go in there, p- abuse that privilege, and then make a random friend um, and be the only two dancing. Anyway, my point is <laughs> about uh, people and rumors is I've had a lot of interactions in the past year or two where I like know someone's reputation extensively like I've heard what a million people online have to say about them and then I meet them and it's like oh this is like a person like I don't think about that because I'm interacting with a person and not a twitter subject and I don't know if that is what happens with everyone every time in a situation like this but you know I've met people with terrible reputations online met them in person and j'adored And I've met people with flawless reputations online, in person, and je hated. And all the hearsay didn't, you know, really factor in. I just just feel like it doesn't. When you're having a face-to-face interaction with someone, like, it'll all be okay. And I'm sure there are moments where this girl's, you know, telling you, telling people about you, and they're like, oh, she sounds awful, whatever. But that's not a real interaction with you. It's not the same and who cares about that? Bitch. All caps. Okay, last thing is a little bit of a long ep- epi. I'm sort of my glands are feeling swollen. Last thing I want to end on is what I've read this past week. I try to, I, I know I try to do like book recommendations on this pot and it's like I'm inconsistent with it, but I don't know. I feel weird like doing actual recommendations because it's like, who says I signed off on every word? Like I'm just saying I read it. And I had fun. So that's this segment. I read it and I had fun with Serena Shahidi. So, okay. I know I discuss her and her books a lot. But I will say I am 
obsessed with Carrie Fisher. As many of you know, I've never seen Star Wars. Don't care. Never going to watch it. But I love her. And I'm not talking about any of her books this week, but I do highly recommend all of them. She is a fabulous writer. So funny. So witty. It's so difficult to get wit out on a page, especially like Hollywood types when they write a memoir. Oh, it's god awful. I hate, 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 hate reading like the book of a comedian I think is really funny when they're on stage or on a show and then it's on paper. It's just them like a cover of them making a a goofy, silly face and like my life and other comedies, a memoir like, oh, my God, who gave you a book deal? This is disgusting. What was I saying? So I recently read A Star is Bored by Byron Lane, which is autofiction, as the kids say. Uh, so it's a novel written by Carrie Fisher's old assistant based on his time working for her. Like all the names are changed. It's allegedly written by Carrie Fisher's alleged assistant, allegedly about his time working, you know, whatever. Uh, and it gets into his life, like his childhood, his love life, Carrie being sort of a replacement mother figure for him and about like getting to know her and her troubles lots of just her like kooky behavior and like crazy little texts to him loved reading about all of it because I absolutely love her I laughed I cried what's a Gwyneth Paltrow video I laughed I cried I ate I took a shot and I had many epiphanies that's so true But I love a book that's funny but gets into some dark shit, which is like a difficult balance to strike. But Carrie was the queen of it. And this is a great read if you like her or troubled eccentric women in general or tea on what celebrity assistant culture is like because that was a very interesting aspect as well. I learned that I could never be a celebrity assistant because I'm far, far, far too self-absorbed, um, you know, news to me, truly no one would have ever expected. So that's my book club pick. Just kidding. I'm not, who does that? Reese Witherspoon? I would never be Reese Witherspoon. Literally write that down. I would never be her. And I've, I've truly always believed that. So that's that. That's a wrap on my, my comeback podcast episode um thank you all for listening thank you to everyone who is patient with me being um crazy and inconsistent and the worst in many many ways and the best in many other ways um i appreciate everyone who is excited about the pod coming back and i can't wait to do more fun stuff as always I am on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Glam Demon 2004, famously. Um, and the podcast is at Let Me Ruin Your Life Pod. That's also the email that you can send questions, inquiries, um, no complaints, no constructive criticism. I'll cry. I'll bang my head against a wall. I'll pull out my teeth one by one with pliers. Don't say anything mean to me ever. But you can ask questions, request things, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I'll see you guys next week. Kisses. Love you. Gorge. Mm-hmm.